G'day and thank you for tuning in to the Outpost Church podcast. We are in a series on Advent. Advent means arrival. And the arrival that we're talking about is, of course, the ultimate arrival, the greatest arrival in all of history, which is God with us in the person of Jesus Christ, in the form, the surprising, shocking, ridiculous form of a baby. And as Jesus entered our time and space, which is really his time and space, let's be honest, he brought with him hope, peace, joy, and love. And in this five-week series, we are looking at each of those different things in the hope that we will not only come to understand them better, but apply them better, receive what he has for us, because these are the ultimate Christmas gifts. So let's unwrap them together. God bless you as you listen and apply these words. I just want to focus in on the response of different people to the exact same news. And I'm sure you've seen it at different times where the same news is greeted with very different responses. And so in the play that we just witnessed, we had the news of a new king being born. And that news was greeted very differently between the wise men and the shepherds and King Herod. And King Herod, for obvious reasons, wasn't that stoked on the idea of a new king being born and in his own city. And we have phrases in the scriptures such as, he was disturbed. And we find out just how disturbed he was when the wise men didn't go along with his plans and requests. And he actually goes and kills all the baby boys that are two two years old and under a horrific response to what was greeted as good news by these men from the east that travelled months in order to find out what this star was really about, to find this king, and who responded with joy. It says that they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. A different translation says they were overwhelmed with joy. I wonder when was the last time you were overwhelmed with joy? Was it watching the Christmas play? Did that just overwhelm you with joy? There were some pretty special moments in that play for us just then. But the same news greeted very differently. And in our day and age, we don't so much see the overwhelming joy We don't so much see the vindictive rage, hatred when it comes to the announcement of Jesus. We probably see a bit more just passivity. People that are like, oh yeah, whatever. But there was a very clear statement of purpose in the birth of Jesus. The idea wasn't that it was different for different people. If you think back to our shepherds or sheep sitters, When they received the announcement of good news, it was this. I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So take note of those phrases, great joy, and for all the people. The purpose wasn't 
that this is going to be so good for some people, but it's actually going to be meaningless for others. It's going to be horrible news for some. No, no, this is good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I came across a quote uh, just recently that I, I found quite helpful as I've considered this Christmas, as I've considered where we're at as a society here in McLaren Vale in South Australia and beyond, because... The good news of Jesus isn't greeted warmly by everyone. It isn't celebrated by everyone. And it's easy to get into a space where you're like, oh, if only people would get it. And if you're a visitor here today and perhaps someone who doesn't normally come to a church, you're like, well, if only you as Christians would actually demonstrate it a little bit better. I think we might get some amens on that one in the community as well. But there's this quote from E. Stanley Jones in his book, Abundant Living, where he says, The early Christians did not say in dismay, look what the world has come to, but in delight, look what has come into the world. Very different perspective. Not in dismay, look what the world has come to, but rather look what has come into the world. In this room, we have so many different stories and there are so many different things that you are going through right now. And the reality of Christmas is that there is good news for you. And it is not that every issue has melted away, but there is good news of great joy in the midst of whatever it is that you are going through. Good news of great joy That will be for all the people. We are in the middle of an Advent series. The word Advent simply means arrival. And it is a declaration that at the arrival of Jesus, those four words that are on the wall behind me, became reality. Hope, peace, joy, and love. These long-awaited things actually became tangible for people to receive at the arrival, at the advent of Jesus. And... If you were to to survey a bunch of people, who is the most joyful person on the planet? I think you would get a unanimous Scotty. Look at him, right back there. (laughs) Happiest man alive. Walk into manor, you're going to be greeted with a big smile. And that's a wonderful thing. But Scotty is actually not the most joyful person on the planet. The most joyful person that has ever lived is undoubtedly who? Jesus. Jesus is the joyful one. I just found out where the phrase as happy as Larry comes from. Does anyone know the origin of that phrase? It was just a headline. It was this guy, Larry, he won every boxing match that he was in. He won a lot more money in his last fight. And there was a headline in a New Zealand uh, newspaper, I believe, that just said, as happy as Larry. And that was in the 19th century. And over the last 150 years, it's just kind of stuck. As happy as Larry. Well, I want to suggest that we can say as joyful as Jesus. There is an ambition that we can have to be as joyful as Jesus. It's good news when a joyful person such as Scotty or Jesus enters the room. It's amazing what happens in an environment when someone who is actually filled with joy enters. The impact on everyone is tangible. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9 tells us that Jesus has been anointed 
with the oil of joy beyond his companions. He's beyond, his joy is beyond that of any other person. I'm curious, what was the pitch that the father gave to the son when he was introducing to him the mission to come to earth? Did he say, you know how everyone just loves you? How you get honoured and served and worshipped all the time? Is that getting a bit old? Are you ready for a change-up? Perhaps, no, tough crowd. It was true of Jesus that his whole eternity was spent in relationship with the Father and with the Spirit. We have the Godhead, the Trinity, who are three and yet one. And we see a little bit of a picture of that, a picture of that in marriage, where you have two people who become one. Gives you some insight into the Trinity. Three that are actually one, that live in perfect community, in perfect love, in perfect joy, in perfect peace. All these things were true of Jesus already eternally. And he leaves that in order to come to earth and to introduce to us true joy, true hope, true peace, and true love. And if we go back even earlier, it was not from a position of need. It wasn't that God needed someone to love him or needed someone to love. He's already love. And so from that position of overflow and abundance, he then creates us out of joy so that we can become a part of his love, his joy, his peace, his hope, all these good things. He is a God who gives. For God so loved the world that he gave. And not only did he give his son, but his son has given us his commandments. And it's interesting that it might feel like, oh, yes, he's given us his son. How good is that? He's given us his commandments. Might not fill us with as much excitement. But both are symbols of his grace. There is no one more joyful than Jesus. And Jesus hasn't just given us something to be joyful about, but he has given us his joy. He's actually given us his joy. There's a couple of times in the scriptures that we get this articulated really clearly. Jesus said to his disciples, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He also says, share your master's joy when speaking through a parable in the context. Share your master's joy. So come and be a part of what I have. So the most joyful person that has ever lived gives you his joy. That is a big deal. The most joyful person that has ever lived gives you his joy. And it is a robust joy. Joyful even in suffering. Apostle Paul said, In all our afflictions, I'm overflowing with joy. It is not a joy that means you dismiss and deny the things that are going on but it gives you a very different perspective on them in all our afflictions i'm overflowing with joy the things that jesus had just been talking about were his commandments to love one another i tell you these things so that my joy may be in you 
and your joy may be complete. His commands are a gift to us. As a teacher, as a dad, and probably as a pastor too, there are plenty of times that I ask people to do stuff and it is not motivated for their joy. There are plenty of times I'm just like, can you do this? I'm like, here's another brick. I just want you to do this, get it done. Whereas for Jesus, his commands are not a brick in the backpack of our life. His commands are for our good. And so when he gives us something, it's an invitation into his joy. He has given us his very self, but his commands are a grace to us. We had a a mention of Home Alone uh, just before. I want to give another little Home Alone reference just now. You're welcome. I don't know if you can picture Kevin walking on the streets, a little boy. He's been left by his family accidentally, apparently, and he's walking along the streets and he looks in through, you know, some open curtains. He's missing his family deeply and he sees these families, these beautiful scenes of families that are just connecting in. And he's obviously longing for the connection that he sees played out in those living rooms and dining rooms. And it is easy for Christmas to be a time of pining. It's easy for Christmas to be one of those markers where you realise what you don't have. And it could be, you know, in the space of, of gifts, it could be that you're just hanging out for that new iPhone, you're just hanging out for that, you know, full head of hair, uh, whatever it is that you're hanging out for, you're just like, oh, you're like, oh, I don't have it. I wish that I had it. Or maybe it is more relational and you've just lost someone and you are very aware of what you're missing or you really want someone that you don't have in your life. It is easy for Christmas to be a time where you are feeling um, like you've lost a sheet of paper which is actually just tucked behind the other one. It exposes the lack in our lives. But this temptation to pine is an invitation into something so much bigger. Because when you see someone that has what you want, it is just a taste of something that is so much bigger and so much better. Because the best relationship, the best gift that you can have is just a taste, just a hint of what God offers to you. When he offers us joy, it is not dependent upon circumstances. It is not the joy that will fade as soon as you lose the thing that you wanted. It is a joy that is unshakable. It is a a joy that is beyond anything that you can receive on this earth because it comes from another world. It comes from another place and it's incorruptible. That is what we are given. And whether we're feeling like our life is full or our life is empty or somewhere in between... Let us not be satisfied or obsessed with the things of this world because we're invited into something so much bigger. He gives us, Jesus gives us his commands so that his joy can be in us and our joy can be full. The CEV, different translation, puts it like this. I have told you this to make you as completely happy as I am. I have told you this to make you as completely happy as I am. 
So Jesus is the most joyful person that has ever lived. And he gives us his joy. We are recipients of the joy of Jesus. But here's the thing. We have that declaration of purpose from the angels um, to the sheep sitters. And the angels said, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. But we know that the simple fact, the solitary fact that Jesus was born has not caused everyone to live in joy all the time. Far from it. And so we know that it is not an automatic thing that we will receive what has been paid for for us. He has done everything required that we would live in joy. Actually enjoy life. But it's not automatic. And I've hinted at it or maybe even said it quite plainly that we get to follow what he has given to us. His commands are not burdensome, but rather they are life to us. And what is beautiful about Jesus, there's many things that are beautiful about Jesus, but something that is beautiful about Jesus and the commands that he gives to us is that he is not one who is only giving them. You see, Jesus followed the commands of his Father. He knows what it is to be given challenging instructions and to follow them to the letter and to live in the joy of his master. Jesus followed and now Jesus commands. He's done it and now he calls us to do it. And he's not afraid to actually tell us what needs to happen. Like I mentioned before, my mixed motives when I'm giving instructions, he doesn't have mixed motives. I can be indecisive. He's not indecisive. He knows exactly what needs to happen and he knows what is for your good, what is for the good of everyone around you and he's able to make both of those things happen. And so his commands are for our joy. He doesn't lack wisdom. He's not insecure. He lets us have it. He knows obedience and that it is what our souls crave. The verse before Jesus says, I tell you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. The verse before that, he says this, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I keep my Father's commands and remain in his love. As with the Father, so with Jesus. As with Jesus, so with us. The Father commands the Son, the Son commands us. And he doesn't just leave us to do it on our own. Jesus fulfilled his mission empowered by the Holy Spirit. And he sent the Spirit to us in order that we would be empowered to do what he has called us to do. As the Father sent me, so I send you, Jesus said to his followers. We are sent. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure buried in a field that someone discovers and reburies. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all he has and buys the field. There is joy to be found in following Jesus and in actually giving up other stuff in order to follow him. Our greatest joy that we could ever know is him.
to know him and to follow him. Getting back to our original story, the one that we saw acted so beautifully before. We have these wise men. When they see the star, they rejoice exceedingly with great joy. That's a lot of joy right there. Rejoice exceedingly with great joy. And then upon entering the house, they fall on their knees and they worship Jesus. Then they open up their treasures and they give him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. They worship and they give generously, sacrificially. We get to worship him and our greatest joy will be found in worshiping him and in following him it's a simple message and it's one that can grate against us but your greatest joy this christmas the biggest invitation that you have is to worship him and to serve him which will look like loving other people and what this world needs is more people more like Jesus. More people who have the joy of the Lord. We sang before, the joy of the Lord will be my strength. Where we are not blown around by how we're feeling. Not blown around by other people's opinions. But we have the joy of the Lord as an absolute game changer. As Jesus obeyed, he calls us to obey. Obedience brings joy, true joy. There's a song that I like that says, You haven't seen me until you've seen me filled with joy. Which is an interesting concept. You haven't seen me until you've seen me filled with joy. It can be a little bit like, You haven't seen me until you've seen me filled with joy. Which I don't like so much. But I do think that there is a reality in that where when you are filled with joy, there is a freedom to be who you really are. Every single one of you is a gift from God given to whatever community you're a part of, whatever family you're a part of. You are a gift. And as you embrace Jesus more and more, you receive the joy of the Lord, which frees you up to be more of who you really are and frees you up to care less about yourself and more about others, which is a wonderful gift to give I'd like to invite our amazing music team, worship team, to come up. I got told off by my wife for referring to um, our worship team as the band. They are people who amazingly lead us into worship, and I am so grateful for our talented, um, yeah, talented team who give their gifts, um, and are, yeah, such a blessing to us. Would you join with me and, and pray? Father, thank you for the joy of Jesus. Thank you that he is the most joyful person that has ever lived and he gives us his joy. May we be a people who know that joy. Thank you for the sacrifice that you made on our behalf and thank you for the commands that you give to us that are for our joy and are for the joy of those around us. Thank you for what we remember at Christmas with you becoming one of us, Lord Jesus, becoming a person, stooping down, the greatest uh, stoop that has ever happened, 
was you coming to earth to be with us and to show us the way. I pray that we, this would be a season where we uh, enter into that reality more and more. In Jesus' name. Amen.